Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this week we're going to talk about the five-year plan for starting a video production company. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. All right, hope you guys are doing well. Things are finally opening back up. Business is starting to get back to normal for a lot of people, including myself, and I am so happy about that. I I cannot begin to tell you how tired I was of sitting around the house waiting for work to start back up. And I wasn't just waiting. I was refining my business, reaching out to past clients, maybe reaching out to new clients, working on advertising campaigns, fixing things on my website. You know, I wasn't just like sitting at home, but I also wasn't out doing my normal day-to-day grind where I'm shooting and creating professional quality videos. And that was killing me. But fortunately, my clients are starting to call me and and tell me that they're ready to get back uh, to work. So I, this week, started getting back onto three new projects. Um, well, actually, they're not new projects. They're three projects that I was I had started that I had not been able to complete due to COVID-19. Um, but I was able to get back on them finally, and I'm pretty pumped about it. It feels great to be back to work. I hope this doesn't happen again in the fall. Um, that's my big fear right now is that the media will hype this thing up come flu season, and they'll try to shut this whole thing down in the fall, and then, you know... They'll try to throw the election. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yes, I am a right winger. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not, go listen to another podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining in today. Today, we're going to talk about the five-year plan for starting a video production company. Today's an exciting podcast. It's an exciting podcast because if you're thinking about starting a video production company, that's an exciting time. That's an exciting moment. Having a career in video production is extremely fulfilling, especially if that's something you're passionate about like I am. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's the five-year plan for starting a video production company, how to get it going and get it off the ground. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about kind of how you get started. We're going to talk about identifying your target market. We're going to talk about identifying your goals and creating your five-year plan. But the overall goal of this podcast is to tell you the things that you should try to do in your first five years so that you can be successful in video production. For me, July of this year, July of 2020, will mark five years for Rustic River Media. And I'm so excited about that. Five years ago, when I was starting to think about this company, which was around this time five years ago when I knew I wanted to create it, I created a five-year plan. And when I started my company in July of 2015, I had a five-year plan that I wanted to follow. And here we are five years later, about to be five years later, and I can look back at my five-year plan and identify the things I accomplished, the things I did not accomplish, and see the changes I made in my company throughout. If you don't know what a five-year plan is, a five-year plan is like business 101. A five-year plan is something every company should do. There are three-year plans, there's five-year plans, there's 10-year plans. But the most common is a five-year plan. And a five-year plan is where you write down 
all the goals that you want to achieve in the next five years of business, how you plan to achieve them, the direction you want to go. And just basically, it's kind of a formula or a roadmap, really, of what you want to accomplish and what you want to do and how you plan on doing it in the next five years. And in my opinion, I think that the first five-year plan is arguably the most important for a company. And that's because the majority of businesses fail in the first five years. If you can make it to the five-year mark, you typically are going to be good to go. It's those first five years that are the toughest. For me, I've been in video for uh, close to 10 years now, but I did not start Rustic River Media until 2015. And so for the last almost five years now, I've been trying to survive that five-year point. I, I didn't want to become another statistic. I didn't want to become another business that failed within five years. And that's really easy to happen for any business, especially video production. And the reason is, is there's so many things that can go wrong your first five years. You could lose more money than you make or just simply not make enough money to support yourself or to support the company. The market could crash before you've had time to save up money for the business for it to survive. I think COVID-19, you know, if you're a year into your video business and you've got your heart and soul and money and blood, sweat and tears poured in it and you're shut down for two or three months, you know, that could make it really hard to survive. And so in the first five years, you know, that's, you know, things like that happen and it just makes it hard. You could find out in your first five years that maybe you're not as good at what you're doing as you thought you were, or maybe there's just not a market for you where you live or just market for you in general. I mean, there's so many things that can happen in the first five years that can cause a business to fail. And that's why most people or most companies do fail in the first five years. What I want to do today is give you a roadmap of how to be successful in the first five years of starting a video production company. The things that you should try to check off to help give you the best chance of not becoming a statistic so that you, like me, can hit that five-year mark and look back and say, wow, I did it. That's what today's podcast is all about. Before we go into the five-year plan, and before I kind of give you some steps or a roadmap of what to do from here, I want to briefly mention business structure. I talk in depth about this with my friends Danny Dodge and Corey Faulkner in the very first episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. So if you want more detail on this subject, check out that episode. It's episode one. But structuring your business, whether you want to have uh, a video production company that has five or ten full-time employees, or whether you want to be more like me, where it's owned and operated pretty much by one person, uh, but you contract out team members, that's how I have my business structured. It doesn't matter which route you want to go, or even if you just want to be a freelancer, like Freelancer John. No matter what direction, you really need to have a legal structure to your business. And for me, I think that structure is to be an LLC. You can be an S-Corp, and there are reasons that some people go that direction. But I personally, and most people I've encountered that have companies uh, in the video production world, 
have LLCs. And I think that LLCs are the way to go for a video production company um, because the amount of protection it gives you, but also the freedom it gives you is really good. And I think that's important because when you start a company, when you buy gear and you start branding yourself, even if you're just a freelancer, if something happens and someone sues you, you want to have that protection there. And an LLC gives you a layer of protection so that, yeah, they might sue you and take your gear, but at least they're not going to sue you and take your house, right? So I think that it's important that to have protection, whether you want to be a freelancer or you want to have a 10-person team, you need to have that layer of protection and structure your business in a way that gives you that. And I think an LLC is the way to go. There are people I know that have gone the S-Corp route, but to be honest with you, an LLC is simple, it's protective, and what I've learned through COVID-19 is that with the LLC uh, label, I was able to apply and get a lot of financial help from the government in terms of the PPP loan, the EID injury disaster loan, the cash advance that the SBA was giving out. I was able to apply and get a lot of funding from those areas because of my LLC status. If I was not an LLC and I was just Josh Milligan videography and like I, I didn't have anything but maybe a simple DBA, I would not have qualified for a lot of that stuff. Some of it I would have, but not all of it. And I have friends that have a photography business, a really legit high-end photography business that have an S-Corp and they were unable to get any financial help. So what I learned from my experience with COVID-19 is that I really made the right decision by creating an LLC when I started my company. It gave me a layer of protection. It gave me freedom to make a lot of uh, great choices in the way I run my business with contractors and things. And the taxes are fairly simple to do. And on top of all that, when something like COVID-19 happened, I was able to apply for and get um, assistance like the PPP and the injury disaster loan, things that um, you don't normally think about when you're creating a business, but things like COVID-19 happen, natural disasters and other things will happen too. And you want to have a business that can um, be recognized as being a legitimate business. So creating an LLC is important, in my opinion. I have an LLC. It's called Milligan Enterprises LLC, and I run Rustic River Media as a DBA underneath that. I do that so that I can create. Um, I have a couple other businesses that I've created that are also protected under the Milligan Enterprises LLC. Um, and so it's the umbrella in which my other businesses fall. You can do something similar. Um, it it doesn't matter how you do it, really. It just matters that you have an LLC and that um, you have a DBA, even if it's the same name. Just have it so that you have that protection. So how you structure your business is important. And even if you're a freelancer, structure your business, structure yourself like a business so that you have that protection and so that you can get help in the event of a natural crisis so that you can also have an easier time applying for business loans, things like that. There's just a lot of reasons to do it, so do it. So that's all I'm going to say about uh 
business structure, just know that that's something you really need to do. Um, that really should be your very first step in creating a business is figuring out how you're going to structure it and getting that taken care of. And once you have the structure set up, that's when you should start your five-year plan. When you're starting or looking to start a video production company, the first thing is you have to know your craft. I would not advise that someone go out and buy a camera and call themselves a professional videographer or a professional photographer. I think that you're jumping the gun, you're being foolish, and you're setting yourself up for failure. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's the reality. I did not start Rustic River Media until I learned my craft. I'm going to backstep a little bit and give you a little more insight about when I very first went into business with a different company. When I was in college, I was that guy. I was the guy who bought a camera and became a statistic. That was me. I, when I was in college, ended up getting a meeting with two individuals who wanted to invest in a business that they had heard I wanted to start. And that business was Broken Pine Outdoors. My goal at the time was to create an outdoor-related video production company that focused primarily on making hunting videos, whether it was TV shows or outfitter marketing videos or just filming hunts. That's what I wanted to do. And a lot of you listen to this podcast probably find yourself in a similar boat or have been there at some point because there's a lot of you guys that follow Filming with Josh that are uh, in the hunting filming world. And so you know what I'm talking about. You want to start a company where you want to make videos in the outdoor world. And that was me. That was what I wanted to do. And so these two guys invested in me, a 20-something-year-old college student, and gave me $40,000 cash to start my company. I had the money and the ability and to, to go out and create my dream business. And I failed I failed hard because in the first eight or nine months of that business, I spent all $40,000 and I made nothing. The reason? I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to film professionally. I didn't know how to make videos that people wanted to pay for. I didn't even know how to find clients. So in the first eight or nine months, I spent all the money on gear. I was supporting myself off of that money because I, I, I quit my job when I was in college that I had when I was in college so I could focus 100% on this. I even changed my major from, from forestry and wildlife management my senior year to business management. I mean, I was all in. But I found out pretty fast that I had no idea what I was doing. And I had no knowledge, no ability to go out and take that money and turn it into a profit because I just, I simply didn't know how to. I didn't know how to get clients. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know anything about video production. It was just an idea I had. And so I wasted their money and we had a falling out and we ended up splitting the whole thing and dissolving the business. And it sucked. It was hard. It was really hard. And I, I had already changed my major at this point. I quit my job. I was all in. But if you're listening to this podcast and you follow me at all, you know that clearly my career did not stop there. Because fast forward many, many years later, I'm about to hit the five-year mark with a very successful video production company called Rustic River Media. But getting to that point was tough. What I had to do was I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to figure out how to buy new gear on my own dime because I gave them the, their gear back when we dissolved the company. So I had to figure out how to finance 
or buy the gear. I had to figure out how to use it and make money off of it. I had to figure out how to support myself while learning all of that. And I had to do all that before I could ever even start finding clients. Fortunately, my grandmother, who I love dearly and have a very close relationship with, she knew how much I wanted to do this. So she gave me the seed money to try it again. She gave me the money. It wasn't as much, but she gave me the money to go out and buy some new gear and to support myself for a while on my own while I tried to learn video. And I made that my new goal. I just, I wasn't trying to get clients. I just wanted to learn. So I went all in and I, I, I bought some different equipment than I did the first time because I had learned a little bit of what I liked and what I didn't like with my first round of gear. So I bought some new stuff and I just spent a lot of time learning. I went in like 20, I don't even remember, 2012, 2013, something like that. I went to the Heartland Bowhunter Film School in Missouri, and I, I took the two-day crash course there and learned a lot more. I sat right in the front row, and I asked a million questions, me and Brian Dryden, um, a friend of mine who sat kind of close to me. We sat at the front, and man, we just picked their brains and just tried to learn as much as we could. And then I came back, and I took that information, and I taught myself more and more and more until I finally knew how to make a video from concept to final production. And then at that point, I felt ready to market myself. And then I went out, identified my market, got some clients and started making money. And then I ended up getting a full-time job with a video production company, an outdoor hunting show. And I took that job so I could learn even more about my craft. And then in 2015, I stepped away from the show and started Rustic River Media because at that point I really felt like I knew what I was doing. And that to me is so important. I feel like going out and buying a camera and then calling yourself a videographer or jumping all in and creating a video production company is a quick way to fail. You need to know what you're doing first. It's like someone starting a welding company because they bought a welder, but knowing nothing about welding. You have to learn the skill first. So if you're wanting to get into this business, don't just jump in without any knowledge. Take the time to learn how to create a video from concept to final production. Don't go out and call yourself a videographer because you bought a camera or because you freelanced a couple times for some shoot somewhere. Don't do that. Learn how to make a video from the beginning to the end, concept to final production, and get a feel for it. Know how to do it, and then at that point, you're ready to start a video production company. That is step one. Once you've learned the craft and you feel like you're ready to start a company, the next thing you have to do is you have to identify your target market. This is very important because your target market will help you determine how you're going to brand yourself, what kind of equipment to buy, even what to name your business. It's very important. My company, for instance, is called Rustic River Media, not Rustic River Video Productions, not Rustic River Videography. It's called Rustic River Media, and it was strategically called that because I knew what my market was that I wanted to get into, and I knew what services I wanted to offer. Video production is my primary focus, and that's where the vast majority of my business's income comes from. But it's not the only thing I do. I also offer for my clients photography, web design, social media consulting, and I even help them with other things like graphics design, logo work, things like that. 
I'm not a graphics person. I'm not a logo designer. I'm not a website designer. I don't do those things, but I hire people who do. But at the very least, I wanted to have a company that could offer those services so that I could offer full-on packages to clients. So if a customer contacts me and wants to do a complete rebrand of their business, I can help them from the very top to bottom rebrand their website, have new photographs, have a video or multiple videos built, maybe redo their logo, help them um, strategically figure out a plan for social media, that type of thing. And so as such, knowing that, identifying that that was what I wanted to do, even though video production was my main thing, I identified that I wanted to do these other things. And by knowing that, I knew how to name my company. That's how I named it or why I named it Rustic River Media. And that's why my website is rusticriver.media because I wanted to be to be a media production company not specifically or only a video production company. Now, that may not be the route you want to go down. Maybe you're just a photographer or maybe you only want to focus on videography, and that's great. I'm just telling you that it's important to identify what it is you want to offer at the beginning so that you know how to brand yourself, how to market yourself, and even what to call the name of your business. That's something you have to do at the very beginning. Once you kind of figure out what it is you want to do, like in my case, media production, you next have to identify who your target market is. Now, your target market can change, and that happens with almost any business in any industry. Your market's going to change as you evolve. But at the very beginning, you need to have at least a basic understanding of who you want your target market to be. And you can have more than one market. For instance, you could want to focus primarily on wedding videography, but still dabble some in um, small business branding videos and things like that. But you need to identify who your main audience is going to be, your main market or markets are going to be, so that you know how to brand yourself and how to set yourself up. For instance, another example might be you want to focus primarily on creating hunting-related videos. Well, by identifying that up front, you know to brand yourself that way. So it's really important you identify who your target market is. For me, I focus today primarily on the medical industry, large corporations, large small businesses to mid-sized businesses, events, high-end real estate, um, high-end real estate meaning uh, multi-million dollar estates or large ranches, hunting outfitters who want to market their uh, hunting outfits, outdoor product creators and service providers, manufacturing companies, large home building companies, custom home builders, and universities. Those are my primary target markets. Those are the areas that I focus on the most. And it's kind of that's kind of wide, right? Like that's a wide variety of industries to to focus on. But those are the areas where I make most of my money and those are the areas that I focus on branding myself at uh, the most. And it's important to know that because I'm not trying to I'm not wasting time trying to to brand myself to wedding uh, the wedding industry because that's not my thing. I don't waste my time trying to brand myself as a, a freelancer for hunting and fishing shows. I, occasionally I'll do stuff like that, but that's not my primary focus. I also don't 
uh, focus primarily on on any type of um, of real estate, except for the high end real estate, because again, that's just not my focus. And so it's important that you identify your target markets so that you know where to focus on, how to brand yourself, and what kind of equipment to buy. You see, when when you're going to to start your company, you don't even know what equipment to buy if you don't know what your target market is or what kind of videos you want to make. A good example is a wedding videographer might be better off with DSLR or mirrorless style cameras, whereas someone who wants to focus on like documentary work or maybe on um, or maybe on corporate videos and and business branding videos, they would be better served with uh, interchangeable lens video camera like an FS5, FS7, C300 Mark II, something like that. Those types of cameras are the better tool for the job. And it's not that you can't have a DSLR or mirrorless camera and use it for those uh, other applications. It's just that there are some tools that are better for some jobs than others. And it's important that you identify your target market so that you purchase the equipment that is best suited for your primary target market. And you could take those those pieces of equipment that you buy and use it for other markets if you get the opportunity, but you want to buy gear that focuses primarily on the market that you're wanting to to get into the most. So it's really important at the very beginning, you identify the services you want to offer as well as who your target market is, because that is how you determine how to brand yourself, what to call yourself, and what equipment to buy. Next, after you've established your target market, you then need to figure out what gear to get and how to purchase that gear. Now, it's entirely possible that you already own some equipment. In fact, there's a good chance if you've been teaching yourself how to create videos that you do have some of your own equipment. And if that's the case, then at this point, you may not need as much gear as other people. However, you have to make sure after you've identified your target market, that you have the equipment to be able to be successful in that market. To me, you don't need to own everything right up front. You don't have to have a remote-controlled slider, a drone, a gimbal, and a jib, as well as three other cameras and 15 lenses to be able to create a quality video. To start a video production company for pretty much any industry, honestly, you really only need a few things to get started. That is the right camera, the right camera meaning the camera that fits the types of videos you're wanting to do, lenses for that camera, some decent lenses, a really good tripod. I cannot stress this enough. Don't, if you're starting a video production company, don't drop $150 on a cheap Manfrotto tripod so that you can also buy a gimbal and a drone. Like that's that's just not smart. You need to get a quality tripod. That is a part of the essential building blocks of video. And if you've never read my article, uh, The Minimalist Filmmaker, check that out on my website, www.rusticriver.media. Click on the Filming with Josh tab. And one of my older art articles is called The Minimalist Filmmaker. And there I talk about the building blocks of video. And a tripod is one of them. A tripod you'll use in the vast majority of the work you create. Whereas a gimbal, a slider, or a drone, you can only use in so many of your videos. For me, I only use sliders, gimbals, and drones in like 30 to 35% of my work. The rest of my projects don't have 
those devices in them or maybe only have one of those devices in them. But one thing that's in every single one of my videos is a tripod. Tripods are so important. So when you're starting out, you need to get the building blocks of video, which are the right camera for the types of videos you're wanting to do, some decent lenses for that camera, a solid quality tripod like a Sockler or a Miller or something like that. You need to have lights because it doesn't matter how much dynamic range or how great your camera is in low light, creative lighting is the key to creating quality videos, so you need to buy lights, and you need to, to buy a variety of microphones. Fortunately, microphones are not very expensive for, for quality mics. You can get nice mics for, for relatively little money, uh, but you need to have a variety of mics. If you don't know why, I want to encourage you to listen to last week's podcast, which was all about how to capture perfect sounding audio for interviews. And that will explain to you pretty much why you need to have a variety of microphones like lapel mics, shotgun mics, cardioid mics, that type of thing. And so you you should try to get that those devices uh, and those mics as part of the building blocks a video. So to recap, when you get to this point, when you start to, to get your gear, you need to have um, a quality tripod, the right camera for the job, some lenses for it, mics, a variety of microphones, and some lights. Those five things are the building blocks, the five building blocks of videos. And of course, you're going to need some accessories. You'll need to have uh, some batteries and some cases and memory cards and things like that. Um, but focus on getting the five building blocks and whatever accessories you need for them so that you have the essentials that you need to start a video production company. Now, you have to figure out also how to purchase that equipment. If you don't already own it, then you're going to have to somehow purchase it. You could do that either by dipping into your savings, you could do that by borrowing money from a friend, you could do that by um, taking out a loan or by financing the equipment. There's a variety of ways you can do it. But I want to offer some advice. A lot of people, myself included, I was guilty of this, um, when you're getting going and you get excited, you want to get gear, and maybe you don't have money for everything you want, you might go out and finance some, some of the equipment. I would like to speak from <laughs> experience here and advise that you don't finance equipment until you have proven yourself to have a, have a successful and consistent business for a certain period of time. And the reason is, is if you go off and, and you finance gear when you're first getting started and you get on monthly payment plans and six months into it, you realize that you're not making any money and you now have no way to pay for that gear, you're going to swallow yourself up in debt and you're going to ruin your credit really fast. Fortunately, I was able to scrape by and pay for things that I financed when I was getting started. Um, however, I, man, I barely was able to pay my bills. <laughs> I lived off of ramen. I mean, seriously, like it got so bad at one point when I was very first starting off that my wife had to, um, <laughs> she had to buy my groceries once when we were dating. It was, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. But, and that's, that's why I want to advise if you can, and if that's the only option and you're confident, like you, you've already, you know, got jobs lined up, even then I still wouldn't advise doing it. But if, if it's your only way, then fine. But if you can, 
do whatever you can not to have to finance gear because that's a that's a fast way to get yourself into trouble down the road. Now, if you've been in business for two, three plus years and you're consistent, you're every year you're making money consistently, you're growing, and you know that you can pay off any monthly payments to finance equipment, then at that point, that's fine. But don't do it. If you can avoid it, try not to do it until you know that your business has sustained success. Once you've figured out how you're going to come up with the money to buy the gear, then you need to go off, obviously, and get it. And then learn how to use it. You don't want to just buy something and show up and use it the next day. So go off and buy your gear. So to recap where we are at this point, to start a video production company, before you start it, you first need to figure out how to do your craft. You need to learn the trade. Once you've done that, then you can start identifying your market. And once you've identified your market, you need to figure out the equipment that you need for that market. Then you need to figure out a way to get the gear. Then, once all of that is done, you are now ready to start building your company. When it comes to building your company, you have to figure out how you want to brand yourself. For me, as explained earlier, I named my company Rustic River Media, and I knew kind of who my target market was going to be. At the time, I didn't know I was going to be doing as much medical work or as much work for universities um, or home building companies, but I did know I wanted to focus on large small businesses to mid-sized businesses. I knew I wanted to focus on corporations, and I knew I wanted to focus on um, marketing videos for various types of outdoor companies. So I knew as I was getting started that that was where I was going to put my primary focus on. And then after that, I started branching into the other areas. Um, So when I started branding my business up front initially, I knew in order to get work, I really needed examples of my work. That was really important. You see, a highlight reel is cool. I mean, a highlight reel, everybody has a highlight reel. But honestly, examples of your work are how you get jobs. When I sit down in a meeting with uh, a dentist, and this has happened to me before, a dentist doesn't ask me, hey, can I see your highlight reel? A dentist says, hey, can you show me examples of videos you've made for other dentists? That's how you get that kind of work. They don't care about highlight reels. They want to see a real-world example. So if you have got the gear and you're starting to to figure out how you want to brand yourself and you're getting your business going, you've got to have real-world examples. And unfortunately, that might mean you have to go out and do work for little to no money. But you got to do what you got to do because if you don't have examples, you're going to have a hard time getting projects. So you got to go out into your target market and get videos in that market so that you can show other companies or other people what you're capable of doing. Highlight reels are not how you get business. Real world examples are. So that's your next step. You now have to go in and and get examples of the types of projects you want to do. Once you have those examples, you can start pumping them online. You can join different Facebook groups. You can join... Um, 
the Chamber of Commerce in your area. You can join the Young Professionals Networking Group. Maybe maybe your focus is weddings, not businesses. So uh, maybe maybe instead you should focus on getting into uh, different trade wedding trade shows and having a booth set up, um, or at least walking around, meeting people, passing out cards. Um, you need to go to wedding venues, introduce yourself, offer um, to them your your information so that if they have a bride that wants to have um, have you come uh, or is looking for a photographer or videographer they can uh, have your information on on file you know that's that all the point is is like at this point you've got to once you've established your market and you've gone out and got sample videos you then have to go network and meet people to get those sample videos in front of the right eyeballs if people don't know about you you're never going to get hired. People don't pick up the phone and look in the yellow pages anymore for a video production company. There's a bunch out there. And if they've never heard of you, they're not going to call you. So you need to go out into the world and show those real world examples to your target market. If your target market is um, hunting outfitters, then you need to go to the safari club shows or sheep show or things like that. If your primary focus is uh, television shows in the outdoor world, then you need to go to the ATA show or SHOT show and just walk around and meet people and buy people drinks. If your target market is manufacturing companies, then you need to set up booths at different manufacturing trade shows so that you can be the only video production company there. You'll get tons of business if you do that. My friend Corey Faulkner does that, gets a lot of business that way. So once you've once you've kind of got your examples, you then have to go out into the world and get those example videos in front of the right people. You can also do a, a, a blitz on social media where you pay to have your videos played um, to a target audience. And that's one way to do it. But to be honest with you, I don't get a lot of work that way. I've done paid ads on uh, Facebook and Instagram in the past just to test it out. And I've gotten nothing that way, not a phone call, nothing. How I get my work is by going out on the ground, out in the real world and meeting people um, introducing myself, face-to-face relationships. I've also gotten it by joining groups, private messaging people, answering questions that people have that are looking for things, and just being personable. I feel that in this industry, the best way, it's not like you're selling a cool pair of sunglasses so you can do a marketing blitz on social media and people just click buy and buy your $50 pair of sunglasses. It's a completely different type of industry because it's a service industry. It's all about personal relationships. So you need to be personable. So once you have your example videos and you have a portfolio, you then need to go out, whether on on Facebook groups, things like that, or out in the real world, and you need to make real world relationships and be personable with people so that you can have your name out there and, and meet people on a more personal connection. That's the best way to get business. It's also really important when you get your first customers that you nail their projects. You need to go all out. Even if it means staying up to all hours of the night, you got to do a good job because your first handful of customers could sink you so fast before you ever even get started if you don't do a good job for them. Good word of mouth spreads kind of slow, 
but bad word of mouth spreads like wildfire. So it's very important that your first batch of customers, really all customers, but especially when you're getting started, that your first batch of customers, you do the absolute best job you can. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Steven Spielberg makes mistakes. A lot of people don't know how many times he messed up on Jaws by not having the right budget, by having to go out and ask for more money over and over again. And he finally got to the point where nobody else was going to give him any more money. So he had one shark attempt to blow up the shark at the end of the movie Jaws. He was so nervous about it that he didn't even show up the last day of filming when they blew up the shark because they knew that if they did not get the shot just right, he would no longer be able to finish his film and his career would have been sank. He got lucky. They hit the shot. Jaws became legendary and so did he. But he made mistakes on the budgeting. He made mistakes throughout. And Even today, he still makes mistakes because he's human. And in video, you cannot know everything. It's impossible to know everything. You you can't learn it all. I mean, you can't be a one-man show who knows everything about audio, everything about lighting, everything about graphics, because there are people who make their whole career on those specific fields. So it's okay to go out and make mistakes. You're going to be learning your entire career. But it's very important you give your first handful of videos your first handful of clients, your very, very, very best so that they will speak well on your behalf and can help you get new business. Once you've done a handful of jobs, I highly recommend you ask your clients for testimonials. Don't wait super far down the road to ask for them. Ask for them pretty quick. Like once they got their video and they tell you that they love it and that type of thing, then go in and ask them for a testimonial. Get it from them while they're fresh, while it's fresh, while they're excited. Um, There's a variety of ways you can get them. You can get written testimonials. You can get uh, interview style testimonials where maybe you just throw a lav mic on and just like, hey, in 60 seconds, um, say what you like about, about my video. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just get those testimonials so that you have them. Testimonials Uh, speak volumes for you a lot more than you do because the testimonial is a real-world client who is happy with your work. So get those testimonials. Now, after you've created real-world projects for real clients and you've got their testimonials, it's now time to focus on your website. Notice how I didn't say you should focus on your website at the very beginning. The reason is I think it's important that you have on your website examples of real-world projects as well as testimonials, things like that, so that on your website you can feature actual work you've actually done. So to me, a website at the very beginning of your video production business, at the very beginning of starting it, is actually not the most important thing. I think that's something that you can do after you've gotten um, some projects under your belt, you've made some money, you've got some uh, testimonials, some real-world samples to display. That way, when you do build your website, you can feature all of that. It makes you a little more legit. So I I don't think an, a, a website up front is the most important thing. I think having examples is the the most important thing. So at after you get some some real clients under your belt, you've made some money, then it's time to build your website. On your website, try not to have it be cluttered. Try not to have it full of stuff or have an overwhelming amount of information. I've ran, ran the analytics on my website 
And I can tell you that people don't read a lot of stuff. They just don't. They just kind of buzz through it. They want to see the quality of your imagery, the quality of your videos, and that's about it. They're not going to read everything. So if you're going to put information on your website, keep it short and sweet. And try to have a simplified website. Don't have anything complicated. People don't have the time for that, especially paying customers. They just want to get on your website, quickly take a look at you, make sure you're legit, kind of see some example videos, maybe look at some pictures, that type of thing. So have a visually appealing website that's simple and clean and not full of a ton of information. It's also very, and very important to know that how your website looks is extremely important. The website itself, you don't have to have one when you're first starting out, like I said, but if you do have a website and someone clicks on it and it has a lot of mistakes and visually it doesn't look very good, that's not good. (laughs) As someone who's in a video production world, like you are someone who makes a living off of the imagery you make, off your artistry. If your website doesn't look like a piece of art, if it doesn't look like you want your videos to look, then people, their first impression of you is not going to be good. That is why it's important to me you get real-world examples first and then take time to strategically build a website that's very visually appealing. Because after all, if your website looks like a mad scientist made it, not an artist, you as an artist probably aren't going to get a lot of work. That's very important. After you've kind of got your website designed, you then need to start really thinking about your contracts. Contracts are something that you should have in every project you do, whether it's with your best friend for $100 or some giant company for $50,000. You need to have contracts. Contracts save relationships. You may never have to go to court at all, but contracts keep you and the person you're doing the work for both in line, and it cuts out any gray area so that there's no he said, she said kind of thing. Contracts save relationships more than anything, and that's that's why they're so important. So when you're first starting out, I think you could kind of draft your own contract because the chances are your first handful of clients, you probably don't have to have anything crazy because you're just trying to get work under your belt, right? However, when you get to like year two or three in your business, it's time to take time to build a solid contract because you're starting to gain traction, you're starting to build your business, your clients are getting bigger, your projects are getting bigger. So now it's time to really revamp your contract. I advise when you get to that point, going to a lawyer and having them help you draft a contract. It doesn't have to cost you a ton of money. And a piece of advice I have for this is to try to find uh, an attorney who might be uh, a professor at a local college. That's what I did. I actually, um, my attorney is my former B-Law professor and his prices are very affordable for small businesses because his primary job is being a college professor, not an attorney, yet he still is licensed and still is a practicing attorney. But he doesn't have to have a secretary or an office or aides or anything like that because that's not his full-time job. So as such, his attorney fees are a lot less than someone whose full-time job is being an attorney. Um, But he's still legit, right? So as such, I was able to have him create, take my contracts and go through them and create um, more bulletproof contracts that are 
more legal and have better uh, strengths and that are more binding. He helped me build all that. So after you kind of get your business going and you've made some clients, uh, or got some clients, made some money, and you start growing, that's when you should go in and have an attorney help you draft really good contracts that are binding and bulletproof. Once you have your contract, I think it's really important you start developing a really great proposal. There are lots of proposal softwares out there, and I think you should go out and and sign up for a, propo- a monthly or yearly propose- proposal software and build a really badass proposal. Badass proposals will help you get work. I talk about this in my podcast that's all about how to seal the deal. So if you want to learn more about proposals, listen to that podcast. But it's very important that you have a really great proposal once you've started growing your company. Because when you sit down with them in a meeting and you can bring your laptop and pull up an awesome digital proposal or email it to the company and you have this visually appealing, beautiful proposal with a built-in contract that was drafted by a lawyer, man, that is when you're starting to rock and roll. Companies will look at your proposal and will hire you just on the proposal alone. I've had that happen so many times. I got way more business after I started creating custom proposals than I did before. And I'm telling you, that is a massive difference maker. So again, if you haven't listened to that podcast, uh, How to Seal the Deal, check it out. I go into more detail about that. Um, But having a a really kick-ass proposal is important and pairing that with a solid standard contract drafted by a lawyer is is the next thing you should do. Once you have a proposal and a contract and your website and you've got example videos and real world clients, now it's time to start doing your blitz. It's time to start really getting after it. It's time to go out and build your social media up. Um, I, I don't get a lot of work off of social media the work I do get off of social media is from groups I'm a part of. Um, but social media for this type of business, um, for me, is primarily a place for when customers are looking at my work or they're looking me up, they can see I'm relevant. I tell this a lot to hunting outfitters. It's actually really, really hard to sell hunts on social media. It's very hard. Most hunts, like video production, are going to come from personal relationships. Being at trade shows, meeting people, word of mouth. That's how most hunts get sold. Video production is the same way. But it's still very important to have a great social media presence because if you're Joe and another guy is Bob and someone's trying to decide between a deer hunt with Joe or Bob and Joe has an awesome social media presence and Bob doesn't and they're both the same price, they're going to go with Joe because they know that Joe is relevant. They can see what he's been up to. They can see behind the scenes, that type of thing. Whereas Bob, they don't know anything about Bob. Bob has the same price as Joe and he has a website, but that's it. They're going to go with Joe because Joe is going to bring them comfort and security and knowing that they're going with a legit business. The same thing goes with video production. You're going to make most of your clients through personal relationships. However, it's still very important to have a solid social media presence so that when they go to Google and they type in your name and they look at your Facebook or they look at your Instagram, they know you're relevant, you're active, they can see what you're up to, that type of thing. And it kind of gives them a sense of security of knowing 
that you're legit. So that's very important. So once you've kind of started building your brand, building your business up, getting your website going and having your proposals, that type of thing, you need to start going out on a social media blitz. And I I recommend doing that after you have the website and the proposals and example videos and all that. And the reason is, if you start blitzing on social media and people do hear about you on social media and they go to look at your website, you want your website to be great right? You don't want to be blitzing on social media and have not the greatest website because even though most of your work is going to come from personal relationships, you will still probably get some from social media and you don't want someone who doesn't know very much about you to see you on social media for the first time and then go look at your website and you not have one or it not look good. So I recommend doing your social media blitz after you've kind of built up everything else. Next, after that, I think it's very important you start looking at how you want to evolve your business, how you want to grow into even more markets, how you want to maybe add team members or contractors, and also what kind of gear you want to get. Because as as I said earlier, the building blocks, the five building blocks of video are where you should put your focus on for getting started. But once you get going, it's then time to start adding the other parts. You can go on and add a drone and get your drone license so that you're a licensed drone operator and you can now advertise that. Then you can go out and maybe get a remote controlled slider so you can spice up your interviews or your videos. Maybe after that you want to go get a a gimbal so you can add that to your tool list. Uh, Maybe you want to get some sort of a small jib, that type of thing. But to me, those are you don't need those at the beginning, but to me they are important to add at some point down the road after you've kind of done all the, the building blocks of your business because then they help you expand and grow and stylize. So to me, those are things you shouldn't try to spend your money on on first. I think I think you should spend most of your money on getting the quality building blocks and building your business. But then once you get your business pretty much built, then you can start adding those different pieces. Once that's done and you're like really starting to grow and you're getting into like year three, year four, I then think at that point, it's important to go out and start protecting your business. You've already you already have um, a a contract that's great because you've paid a lawyer to do it, right? But now it's time to pay your lawyer to do some other things for you. You've started if you've been in business for three or four years at this point, you've built all these things, the things up I've talked about. It's now time to start protecting what you've built, and so. I think at that point you could maybe go out and trademark your logo, trademark your name. I don't recommend doing this at the very beginning because I think it's better after you've ran your business for a few years so that you know you don't want to change something. You know, what if you named yourself, what if I named my business Rustic River Video Productions and I trademark that and three years down the road I realized I really should have named it Rustic River Media. I would have to go through the process all over again. So after like year three or four, if you're comfortable and you know that that's the name and logo you want to rock with your business and you've started kind of building your brand, then go out and protect it. Go out, file for your trademark, go out and and I, I recommend trademarking the name first, logo second. Name is usually more important unless you're Coca-Cola or something like that or Apple. I think your name first and foremost and then followed by your name can be your logo. And so go out and get those things done. Um, go out and have uh, film releases made. Go out and have, um, or video releases, I mean, go out and have that kind of stuff done. Take the time to build uh, contractor contracts. So when you 
start taking on jobs where you need to hire other people. You'll have um, contracts for your contractors so that they can't take the video they shoot for you and use it for themselves without your permission or so they don't try to take your clients, you know, that type of thing. It's great to have non-competes, that kind of stuff. So once you kind of get your business going and you get to like year three, year four, that's a good time to start getting those um kind of security things done so that you can start uh, really protecting what it is you've built. And then lastly, after you've kind of gotten your business protected, I think at that point, it's just time to try to finish your five years strong. Just kind of grow every year, try to every year find ways to bring in more income than the previous year, whether that's by cutting down your expenses. Because in your first five years, you're going to learn how to save money in certain areas or, or how to cut your expenses back. Or maybe you bought some gear your first year or two, but you don't have to buy as much gear in year three or four. So your income should be higher. Also, your income should be higher because hopefully, you're growing and making more money uh, every year. And so I think after you've kind of built everything up, then your next focus should just be cutting down on your expenses and trying to make as much as you possibly can so that your business is actually growing financially. Now, I'm not going to give you any raw numbers. I'm not going to tell you what your targets should be because it all depends on who you are and where you live. But I do want to say that when you get your video production company going, um, as a, if you're self-employed in your video production company, you can absolutely make six figures, um, net six figures down the road if you can cut back your expenses and learn how to to cut down on that and learn how to uh, pull in a good income. So if you do want to do this, you can make that kind of money um, once you've kind of built your business up and you really learn what you're doing. So no, I'm not going to tell you numbers that should be targets in your first five years. Companies like to do that. But I will say that in your first five years, you can definitely make six figures doing this if you play your cards right. So so keep that in mind and make that maybe make that a personal goal that, hey, by year five, I want to make six figures uh, as, a, as my actual take-home income. And again, that's not going to happen for everybody in your first five years. And I'm not going to tell you whether that's happened for me or not. All I'm going to tell you is that it's definitely possible. So those are different things that I think you can look at as you kind of finish your five years of business after you've kind of built everything and protected it. It's now time to kind of have some financial goals in mind and start figuring out how to cut costs and how to grow uh, in your income so that you can finish strong. After you hit the five-year mark, celebrate it. Celebrate it on Facebook. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to be launching uh, a brand new branding video and a revamped website on July 1 for my business to celebrate five years. And I'm going to start uh, my new five-year plan on in July 1. And my second five-year plan for my business is all going to be 100% about growth. I've protected my business. I've built a brand. I've... Uh, established my target market. I bought my gear and paid it all off. That's something I think you should try to do in your first five years too, by the way. Um, I've done those things. I've got lots and lots of examples. I've built lots of videos and lots of projects for lots of clients. And so my next five years is going to be 100% about growth. And I have different ways that I plan on growing in the next five years. And I'm, I'm excited to start my new five-year plan. But 
I'm just right now trying to finish strong for my last five, my last part of my fifth year so that I can look back at my five-year plan I established uh, in July of 2015 and know that I hit all my goals and even exceeded many of them. And that's kind of the whole point of the five-year plan. It's a roadmap, a guide for you to follow so that five years down the road, you can have survived first off um, and been able to make a living off of it. And so that second off, you can look back at what you've done and be be able to identify if you did the things that you set out to do, if you accomplished them. And if not, why not? And that way, on your next five years, um, you can address those things or try to attack them differently. So to recap everything, when you are wanting to start a video production company, you need to have a five-year plan. And Before you start your five-year plan, you really need to learn the craft. You need to know what you're doing. Once you've learned how to create videos, quality videos, videos people actually want to pay for, from concept to final production, then you're ready to start your company and start your five-year plan. Your five-year plan should start with you identifying your target market, how you're going to get into your target market, what gear you need for your target market, how to purchase that gear, going out and purchasing it, learning how to use it, going out and getting real-world real examples of videos in your target market, going out and meeting people and uh, joining different groups and getting um, yourself and those example videos out there so you can build relationships with people, get your first clients and do the best job you possibly can for them, get testimonials from those clients, Take those testimonials and those videos that you made and go build a website that's clean and visually appealing. Then go out and build contracts with a lawyer. After that, take those contracts and draft some really great proposals. Once you have that done, start doing a social media blitz so you can start really branding yourself on social media. Then go out and start looking at ways to purchase more equipment so you can start growing your business. Look at getting a drone, getting your drone license, getting a slider, a gimbal, maybe a jib, so that you can start offering different types of shots and really start growing um, your videos and how you shoot them. Then after that, start protecting everything you've built by filing for trademarks, building different contracts for your contractors, getting video release forms, that type of thing. And then once you've got your protection, finish your five years strong by trying to hit different financial goals so that when you look back five years later, you can see what you've been able to accomplish. That should be your five-year plan on how you should grow your video production company. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you already have a video production company or maybe you are uh, in the middle of yours, you might be doing things differently than I did for my company and my way is no way the only way. It is a way, but it is a good way and it worked for me and it allowed me to grow my business into a successful business. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I'm really excited to talk about this kind of thing because this is what I wake up for every morning. I grind every day to grow my company. I live and breathe Rustic River Media. And if you are a business owner or you're wanting to start a business owner, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I can't wait until July 1 hits and I can celebrate five years in business Um, because to me that's going to be one of the bigger 
bigger accomplishments uh, in my life. Thanks, guys, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you liked it, please like and subscribe and also rate my podcast so that other people know to listen to it or not to listen to it if you don't like it. If you don't like it, please let me know so I can know what to do better. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have not yet joined the Filming with Josh Facebook group, I want to encourage you to do it. Go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh and ask to join the group today. The Filming with Josh Facebook group is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. It is an awesome group. We're over 515 members now, full of people that want to learn and discuss all things video related. So go check out that group, ask to join it, and I'll approve you as soon as I see your request. For any questions about today's podcast, please let me know uh, either on social media on the Filming with Josh page or shoot me an email at josh at rusticriver.media. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next week. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today. Mm.